Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies with author Glenn P. Klinger III is presented by the Florida Pickleball Clothing Company. For all your pickleball clothing, go to floridapickleballclothingcompany.com. Now, with today's murders, mysteries, and conspiracies, here is author Glenn P. Klinger III. Hey everybody, this is Glenn, and I want to welcome you to yet another installment of Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. If you are a returning listener, I want to thank you for your loyalty. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for spending a little bit of your day with me. I want to tell you, if you're looking for a show where we look at various murders, mysteries, and conspiracies, I give you all my references. You can go out and look at these events yourself. Get back with me and let me know your thoughts. I'd be happy to hear from you. Now, one thing that's always fascinated me is it inventors. People that can make something from nothing. They come up with an idea and they can put that idea into a working prototype and later perhaps sell it and change the lives of others. Today, we're going to look at five different inventions and five different inventors who met vastly different ends, but they're all mysterious. So... Some of them lived their lives out in obscurity while others died mysteriously. That's going to be the focus of today's murders, mysteries, and conspiracy. Many of you may have never heard of William Kintella. He was a 19th century inventor. was rumored to be working in his basement of his South Haven home on a machine gun. Now, this is the late 1880s. Neighbors said that They would hear rapid machine gun fire coming from his basement. They never really thought much about it. But then one day soon after that, Mr. Cantello announced to his two sons, who were also engineers, that he had perfected a new invention. It was a belt-fed machine gun, a weapon that would use the energy of the explosive recoil of the weapon to load the next bullet, and it could fire continuously. The modern-day machine gun was basically born from this technology. They had the old Gatling guns, if you remember those from the Civil War days, where the barrels would spin, but this is a completely different concept. Cantello's sons loaded up this gear with him, boxed it up, presuming that he was going to go sell it. He was going to go on a sales trip. Their father left and just vanished. He vanished and they never saw him again. So that was the 1880s. Now, if you go to 1916 in November, World War I's going on. And the machine gun made its appearance in World War I in a big way. Um, They were using those things to kill people in mass over there. And there was an inventor called Hiram Maxim who looked a lot like William Cantella. I mean, they were pretty close in resemblance. And Mr. Maxim was credited with being the inventor of the rapid-fire belt-fed machine gun that bore his name, the Maxim. Now, here was the weapon of choice in the late Victorian and Edwardian era, bringing industrialized efficiency to killing people. So what happened to Mr. Cantella? We still don't know. And if you put those two guys side-by-side in the picture, there's a striking resemblance. His family hired a private investigator to try and look for him try and track him down, and they supposedly traced him to America, but then the trail went cold, 
And there was a large sum of money taken out of his bank account, but they couldn't trace that because the bank that it came from no longer existed. He did exist and was a well-known inventor in Southampton. His family had been in the gun-making business for years. So there's numerous cantellos in the early 19th century that made various improvements to rifles uh, and other weapons. And they had later moved, at least one of them had moved to America. It's just concerning that Mr. Um, Contello might have done the same thing. Now, had they ever met Contello and Maxim? Maxim had a reputation of taking other people's ideas. So could he have taken his idea and then done away with him or stolen his idea? You never know. But they said these two men, evidence suggests that they did meet. And Mr. Maxim had been in Southampton years before meeting with local engineers. So you just never know if their paths crossed. His sons looked for him for years and never found their father. So William Contello, inventor that invented the belt-fed machine gun. Now, the next person was Stanley Meyer. You may have heard of Mr. Meyer. He made a hydrogen car. It ran on hydrogen, ran on water. He was a prolific inventor, rather eccentric. Between 1960 and his death, he had counted for 200,000 various patents, from electronic banking to oceanography to heart monitors. No formal qualifications as a scientist, but he liked to see opportunities in innovative fields. He was a very erratic personality. A religious man, and he had the idea for a water-powered car. You hear hydrogen cars now. It doesn't pollute the environment. Sounds like a great deal. He claimed that he could drive across the U.S. on 75 liter of distilled water, admitting only oxygen is waste. He revolutionized transportation industry, and as you can imagine, and he even had a little dune buggy that he had made and put together to demonstrate it. Now. His invention is kind of interesting how it works. He frees the oxygen molecules and from their accompanying hydrogen molecules and then burns the flammable hydrogen as fuel. And the only byproduct is the water. I could see how this would be very troubling for big oil and the trillions of dollars that they make, or perhaps General Motors, the largest manufacturer of vehicles back then. Could have been different. He sold a couple of franchises. Uh, rights to the via, but it didn't work out. Uh, people said he had defrauded him and that it could not possibly work. He met a lot of resistance from automakers and people at that time. In 1998, March 21st, Mr. Meyer went to meet some potential investors at a Cracker Barrel restaurant in rural Ohio and drank some cranberry juice. And when he did, he stood up and bolted out of the restaurant fell in the parking lot and his people gathered around him and he said, they poisoned me. So I think he thought that um, these people were trying to kill him for his idea. And they may have Mr. Mr. Meyer did die. He passed away from that, but they said it was from an aneurysm and not from any type of poison. And you just never really know what those type of things, but just kind of makes you wonder. The next person that we will talk about the invention, I'm sure you've heard of it. His name is Rudolph Diesel. Now, he made the, the diesel engine that bears his name. 
He was a well-known German engineer and inventor. Rudolf Diesel was apparently doing quite well for himself when he boarded a steamship from Belgium to England on September 29, 1913. Now, when the boat arrived the following day, well, Rudolph wasn't on it. They couldn't find him anywhere. His family um, frantically had his cabin searched, and his bed looked like it had not been slept in. His clothes were laid out neatly, and they thought, that he had maybe fallen overboard. He had frequent bouts of insomnia, so they thought that he had maybe walked up on deck in the middle of the night and fallen over. The sea was calm, but they thought maybe it was a suicide. He was having some financial issues. His diesel engine had been plagued with uh, all kinds of problems, and he had health woes and money troubles. Uh, he was a lot better inventor than an investor. And I did, Bob body did turn up 11 days later at the mouth of the Dutch river, but they could never positively identify it as his. There were some conspiracy theories floating around about it. And some people said that he was snuffed out by the German secret service because the diesel engine played an important part in the development of the German U-boat. And they did not want him to share his secrets with the Brits or perhaps rival inventors or business competitors. So they took care of him. That's what some people think. But it is strange. There was a great book called Biodiesel Growing the New Energy Economy written by Greg Paul. It's an interesting book that did bring up the, the fact that Diesel gave his wife a bag several days before he left and told her to open it the next week. It contained 20,000 German marks along with the financial statement that revealed the depths of the family's problems. He was having some real financial problems and perhaps he killed himself to get away from those problems. So next person we'll talk about is a man named Royal Rice. You've ever heard of him. He's an American veteran lived between 1888 and 1971. He worked with microscopes, like really detailed microscopes. And he claimed that he could observe live organisms and magnifications considered impossible at the time. Um, and he could use an oscillating beam invention that he thought could treat various ailments using radio waves. Although he came to collaborate with scientists, doctors, and inventors, he had some of his articles published in newspapers and scientific journals like the Smithsonian Institution Annual Report 1944. They reportedly later rejected his claims the American Cancer Society and the American Medical Association said that his impulse of electromagnetic frequencies that disabled cancer cells, as he claimed in other microorganisms, was false and could not work. Now, several of the scientific people that backed his claims, he had multiple promoters. They'd been convicted of health fraud and sent to prison for life. So they just locked these people up if they went along with what he said. His magnifications on his microscopes could go up to 78,000, which is way better than anything they had at the time. And he said that he was sure that his radio wave technology could treat various and cure various forms of cancer. But he was basically discredited and ruined. And he died penniless at the age of 83, embittered about the failures of his devices to garner scientific acceptance. He felt that it was a conspiracy between the American Medical Association Department of Health and other organized medicine, which had brainwashed and intimidated his colleagues 
against him. So it's very sad that that lion's life ended in that way. The last person we're going to talk about is Tom Ogle. You may never have heard of Tom Ogle. He was a mechanic who died at the very young age of 26. Now, he had invented the Ogle Mobile. He developed a car that would run, could go 100 miles on a gallon of gas. In 1977, he drove a Times reporter to Deming, New Mexico and back. It's a 200-mile distance on what appeared to be two gallons of gasoline. And pretty soon, he was dubbed the Wonder Mechanic. And his system was basically a vapor system that was uh, totally enclosed and uh, ran much more efficient and didn't require a carburetor in the engine. He had been offered money for these inventions. He wanted to see it through, wanted to get done himself. But in 1981, he was shot at a local lounge, drove himself to the hospital, and was under armed guard for several days, um, worried that he was going to be attacked again. So obviously there were some people that wanted the technology that he had, or perhaps Something was going on with those people. Now, he had sold the rights to his Oglemobile in 1978 to a marketing company in Seattle, Washington, uh, called Advanced Fuel Systems. And six months later, the Securities Exchange Commission slapped an anti-fraud provision on that company. But they still continued to develop Ogle's invention in mass for mass marketing. Mr. Ogle became depressed started to drink and they claim that he died from a alcohol and a tranquilizer combination that he had put together. So really makes you wonder these people die under mysterious circumstances uh, when they're offered a lot of money and they don't want to sell these things. Think of some of those names, look at some of those people, see if you recognize them, see if you could find some stuff on your own. Inventions are interesting, and the people that invent them are fascinating to me. And so look it up. Tell me your thoughts. Again, this is Glenn from Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. Have a good day. You have been listening to Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies with author Glenn P. Klinger III, presented by the Florida Pickleball Clothing Company.com.